This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Some of us pump, and some of us slump. Joining me, per usual, is Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. You crazy if you think I'm going to walk up some dark alley with a loud orange hat on my head and a whistle. What's up? Uh, Not much, other than it seems as though we both have car troubles. Yeah been a rough week somebody clipped my car when i uh, went into work one night at the theater took Oof. my well technically my my side mirror still works like the mirror itself is intact and it moves and the the light is hanging on by the by the electrical cord and it still blinks <laughs> but like the the corner of it is kind of broken off of the shell or the, the casing outer, yeah the casing and then the front of it is completely gone oh god all the wiring is exposed <laughs> somebody clipped it just kept on driving well that's what you do mm-hmm. my car won't start so <laughs> i'm kind of stuck <laughs> at the moment working on getting it to a place where it can be fixed mm-hmm. do they still fix hemis <laughs> i hope so or are they just too intimidated by them I hope so. They replaced <laughs> it less than two years ago, so I hope it's uh, not related to that. They give you a new warranty when they replace it? No, I got a lifetime powertrain warranty when I bought it, but it you know it only covers certain things. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. Also, uh, sadly, one of my favorite pro wrestlers died in a car accident this week. Hmm. Who was that? Jay Briscoe. Mm. of the briscoe brothers the there was a ring of honor tag team champions uh, so that's real was, sad uh, where was he from originally sandy fork delaware mm. they have a chicken farm up there hmm. what else it's been a while because yeah <laughs> we uh i saved that student bodies episode to post until after the terror train episode since i was like well it's kind of weird just to post a horror uh themed episode right in the middle of all this christmas stuff so i figured let's wait till after new year's hey we did a horror movie for new year's a re-release so why don't i just do it after that it's the january dump mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so yeah that was a new episode it was just uh very delayed in getting it was probably about a month after we recorded it that it was finally posted so uh, it's that exciting time of year again when we're going to talk about movies from our youth. We both picked two. I picked The NeverEnding Story and a film called Undercover Blues, PG-13 family spy comedy. <laughs> Dennis Quaid and Kathleen Turner. Back when she was still mostly Kathleen Turner. <laughs> The 80s looking Kathleen Turner, although this film came out in 93, I believe. Okay. 
So uh, what did you pick? I picked uh, Spaced Invaders, mm. the uh, Halloween set comedy alien invasion movie. Everybody remembers that one, right? I do. I, I saw it very young and several times, but then I don't think I saw it again after about age five or six because I remember almost nothing about it. I'm the same way. I, I I remember renting it a ton of times when I was real young and then just like never again. And uh, I finally, I bought the Blu-ray like a year ago and uh, it held up. It's it's pretty fucking good. Nice. And um, Sandlot or The Sandlot, <laughs> the baseball movie. So those are my two picks. Yeah, Sandlot's always a, that's a, that's a good one to uh, discuss. It's a big one. I feel like that one and the never ending story are the big ones. Yeah, I haven't seen the Sandlot in a long time, but I feel like I remember a lot of it. Two very big ones from our youth. Probably open with one and end with the other. I feel like Undercover Blues was seen by almost no one. <laughs> <laughs> Space Invaders, I mean, I remember uh, the poster too. Yeah. Yeah, there's one character that is basically Jack Nicholson. One of the <laughs> aliens is Jack Nicholson. He's got the. <laughs> He's got the voice. He's got the leather jacket. He even wears a Los Angeles Lakers t-shirt. Mm. Even though they're from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, we'll go more in depth when we uh, cover that for a full episode. So yeah, we'll be doing those four episodes over the next uh, couple of months. We'll have another recently seen sprinkled in there before the Oscars. We'll give our predictions. We'll, we'll either have a Oscars recap or we'll have a, another recently seen where we'll talk about the Oscars and whatnot. And of course, we'll have our top 10 films of the year. Yes. We usually discuss, I guess, Oscar previews with that, our predictions. So I will say my top 10 list has changed a few times over the last couple of weeks mm. as I've been playing catch up with some of the, I guess, Netflix and other more streaming movies that either didn't have a theatrical release or didn't play around here or at least didn't play at AMC. So they're off my radar. Sure. So yeah, there's a lot of movies I need to watch over the next month to uh, get ready for that episode. So I don't know how I'm going to do it. I will say I, I probably watched like 50 or 60 movies since the last time we recorded a recently seen. So you're going to want to get on that letterboxed to see all the ratings that uh, uh, I gave to those movies. Cause we're only going to talk about three each today. So that's right. You're going to want to check out the other ones to see what's recommended and what's not. And what is your letterbox profile, Brett? It's uh, at positively wolf one. Hey, that's the same as your Twitter. <laughs> same as my Twitter. Mine is different than the Twitter. My letterbox profile is Eric underscore Mulder Twitter is at watch this underscore movie. So uh, with that out of the way, anything else before we get into it? Am I forgetting anything? Did you say happy new year? (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe it? Can you believe it? 2023. I will say I did not watch the Tubi remake of terror train (laughs) or the sequel, which apparently also exists. Apparently they put out Terror Train and Terror Train 2 last year on Tubi. Mm. Both Tubi originals. To lots of fanfare. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't even know how I found out. Like I, I found the first one just like searching through the on-demand list uh, on my cable. And uh, I think that's how I found it. But uh, yeah, and I think somebody on my letterbox that I, that I follow on letterbox watched the second one. And I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> was that uh, was Sofa Cinema? Tony Larder? No, I think it was Walter because he watches all okay. the stuff that he hates. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he... I don't know why he watches the stuff he watches, to be honest. He's on my shit list this week. Did you see his tweets after the game? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh... Barely, he's a Giants fan. Oh, uh, that, yeah, I think he's from that area. He's from New Jersey or something. Uh, his tweet uh, said something like, take that, Minnesota, the worst state in America. Oh, no. <laughs> Obviously false. If if Walter, if you're listening to this, just shut it <laughs> off right now. You're not welcome here anymore. I didn't even really... know he was a football fan. I've never seen him tweet about anything but movies. Yeah, I thought he was above football, but I guess not. <laughs> He's one of those well, guys he... that boycotts the NFL until his team's in the playoffs. <laughs> Maybe. The other, like before the game, he had posted some goofy picture of Eli. I was like, oh. <laughs> But yeah, he was pretty happy about the Giants. Well, they won't get much further. No, they won't. Neither neither of us was going to win the second week. So yeah, enjoy that extra week. Not against the uh, unbeatable Brock Purdy. Well, actually, they're going to be playing uh, Philly because they're the lowest seed remaining, which actually is better for them since that's a division opponent. And yeah, it's hard to beat a team three times, but Philly's going to show us how. Unlike our fantasy football league, where I went in and uh, I beat the uh, the second place team who won our division, he beat me twice in the regular season, and I beat him in the semifinals. Well, with an asterisk, I no would asterisk. I would add. Not in the semifinals. In the finals, okay, I was not... well on my way to victory, and uh, I will say I'm surprised that the NFL stopped the game mm-hmm. and uh, did not continue it. Because I thought they were like the WWE where the show must go on, even if somebody dies. Got to. I mean, they didn't stop the show when Jerry Lawler had a heart attack on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Blunt force trauma to the chest, which caused that guy's cardiac arrest. There is no, there can be no other explanation. Well, didn't you say he had like 12 leg drops on his chest or something? That's why it. Well, Jerry Lawler. I, I was talking about the football player. Oh, who had a who had his booster shot uh, about nine <laughs> days before the game, <laughs> which had nothing to do with. There's nothing to do with his heart attack. His alleged doctor who tweeted that he gave him the the booster shot deleted his tweet. That was so weird. Why tweet it, and then why delete it? Especially if he was a doctor in favor of vaccines. Because he was like, I'll show these conspiracy theorists that there's no connection between the vaccines and heart problems. <laughs> yeah, he had the vaccine <laughs> a week before he had a heart attack. That'll show him. So which one did you have? I had the Johnson & Johnson one, but I haven't had any boosters. Okay, I had the, I had the Pfizer one. I had the one that isn't the... Uh, like it was originally the heart attack one, but then uh, they discontinued it, and now the other ones are the heart attack ones. Mm. I guess I, I guess I lucked out. 
I saw a headline that said the new variant is uh, more likely to infect people who are vaccinated and boosted. Yeah. So. Zali, <laughs> if you're listening, mask up, dude. <laughs> or there's higher instance of uh, reinfection of the vaccinated as well. So Zali ought to hit it once. So like well, he's it again. <laughs> I think he has more boosters than Star Wars toys. <laughs> I haven't seen him tweet out a pic of a new booster in a while. <laughs> I think he's had at least four shots, if not five. Yeah. Obviously, Zolly, one of our former guests. Well, I, I guess, should I say former guest? One of uh, one of the guests on uh, past episodes yeah. for uh, WTM. One of our favorite guests and uh, one... Uh... He'll continue to be a guest. I bet you he'd like to get on for one of these movies from our youth. But probably um, we had him on for Christmas, even though he's Jewish. He likes Christmas just like everyone else. <laughs> so when the Jews run the town, Christmas Day. Yeah, I wonder if SNL does anything that funny anymore. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but yeah, if not, I'm sure we'll find something to uh, invite him on for in the future. Uh, that being said, I guess we can now get into it. Sure. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? So I made the challenge last time, mm-hmm. so I'll go first. Okay. And I watched a 1988 film called Alien from L.A. Hmm. Not as I thought it was Alien in L.A. Makes a huge difference. <laughs> It's I was listening to that Randy Newman song a couple times today. I love L.A. Is <laughs> in my head. His best song is Short People. <laughs> Short yeah. people got no reason to live. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a real song. Look it up. <laughs> Anyways, Alien from L.A., directed by the late Albert Pune, who we lost recently. I think this is the second Albert Pune movie I've watched. I watched Cyborg about a month or so ago. Okay. Which I enjoyed quite a bit. Alien from L.A. is the only Pune film I've seen, but as you recall, I saw it via Mystery Science Theater 3000. So I'm sure there's a few minutes of the movie I actually missed. Probably the movie's uh, just under an hour and a half. I did see, uh, I do remember watching at least parts of Albert Pune's Captain America back when I was a kid. Mm Seen that on television on the sci fi channel. That's the one that's always says is what the most historically significant or culturally. That's the only, that's the only, that's the real one. Yeah. (laughs) It's not the fake one from the MCU. Mm hmm. Anyways, uh, Alien from L.A. stars Kathy Ireland, William R. Moses, Richard Haynes, Don Michael Paul, Tom Matthews, Janie Duplessis, Simon Poland, Linda Carriage, Kristen Truxess, Lochner de Cock. That's a real name. Deep Roy, who you may remember as all of the... The uh, Oompa Loompas. Mm. They're a group, huh? Deep Roy. 
it's one guy. I remember the did you ever see the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka? Yes, once. Yeah, Deep Roy plays every Oompa Loompa. Huh. They just digitally duplicated him mm. over and over again. And it it's terrible. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the rest of the movie. Like you couldn't you couldn't find like I don't know, like 20 or 30 little people who could play this. You had to have one of them and then digitally. Oh, Peter Dickler's complained about it. So then they all got fired. (laughs) How dare you write a role where little people have to play a mythical creature. It's degrading. What? It's work. (laughs) Alien from L.A. uh, Synopsis. A nerdy young woman with a childish voice travels to Africa looking for her missing archaeologist father and stumbles in a, into a strange subterranean civilization. That pretty much sums it up. I mean, that's more or less the movie. Is uh, they, they try to ugly up Kathy Ireland to make her look like a nerd, and it doesn't work at all. It's impossible. Ooh! I love to jump on hub bones. Mm. Like, like, she's so... Uh, she's so good looking in this movie and they're like oh you got stupid glasses and i hate your hair <laughs> I'm like what it's <laughs> like okay i'll i'll granted her voice is kind of annoying but like it's not that bad like i've heard yeah. worse voices and uh like it starts off with her boyfriend dumping her because like she won't go anywhere with him like she uh she says she gets car sick and then uh she gets a letter saying her her father, who has, she hasn't seen in 10 years, has fallen down a bottomless pit in Africa and died. And she follows him there. And uh, she also falls, falls down the bottomless pit. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, a subterranean civilization. So it's, it's really not that uh, original. Like, it's, it's very much like all the other dystopian movies of the 80s. Uh, as far as the uh, the civilization, like it's real Mad Max uh, type uh, situation there, or uh, even Hell Comes to Frogtown. I'm reminded of. Mm-hmm. Everybody has uh, you know weird hair and makeup and stuff, and it's very beyond Thunderdome. And uh, she just kind of wanders there uh, around there, and uh, they try to. They try to capture her because she's an alien, and uh, I was uh, also laughing because they keep calling her Big Boned. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like she's not any more big boned than anybody else, and like she's clearly not like fat. Right. Uh, so I was just, I was laughing at that, but uh, yeah. So it's not like it's not like special or anything or original, but it's not bad. Like I it's not like boring it's just like not a lot of stuff happens but you know it's enough of a adventure to you know keep you entertained uh for the the hour and a half runtime and uh you know like is it kathy ireland it's impossible to ugly her up once she loses her glasses like she just they give her a bit of a makeover in the the underground world and she, she looks good again and but she's big boned. This predates she's all that by about 10 years, damn near. 
it's funny because she she loses her glasses, but you know, there's no effect on her vision for the rest of the movie. <laughs> like she can still see. It's not like but, Adventures in Babysitting, where she's, the character's just wrecked for the rest of the film. Which is more realistic. Yeah. Like movies do that all the time. Like they don't understand why people wear glasses or how glasses work. Because <laughs> like people are constantly taking their glasses off to see better. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. But um, yeah. Anyways, Alien from LA. Uh, far from the worst movie I've ever seen. But also not like super great. Um, but I, I think, you know, you could do worse. It's, uh, it's fairly entertaining for what it is. And uh, I'll give it a, a WTM last resort. That's a last resort. But right. uh, it's kind of a high-end last resort. It's not quite an eventually, but uh, if you want to just throw something in and, uh, you know, waste an hour and a half, you could do a lot worse than this. You know, it's been so long since we went over our rating system that could probably put in a little refresher here. Our rating system goes as follows. It's, it's a five-tiered system. The, the top tier is the WTM ASAP category. Watch this movie as soon as possible. Those are everything from old classics like Citizen Kane, Pulp Fiction, Clockwork Orange, to uh, new, new films uh, are included, but rare. It's very rare for us to give a five-star or a... <laughs> A uh, an ASAP to a newer movie, but we usually give it to the our favorite film of the year. So, yeah. uh, but once in a while, I think there was one year where you gave three films an ASAP rating. Maybe I think there's been one or two years where I've done two. I don't know if I've done three in a year, but yeah, it's usually like one or two a year at most. I think last year I didn't have any ASAPs. This or not last year, 2021, I didn't have any. 2022, I think I had two that I gave the ASAP to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it takes a lot to, to hit the ASAP for a new movie, uh, especially like the first time through. Yeah. And our rating system is kind of designed to help you prioritize your movie viewing. So the best movies you obviously want to watch first or as soon as possible. And then the next tier down would be soonish. Watch this movie soonish. So that just, it is don't make the cut, but these are great films. The middle tier is the eventually category. I think it is worth your time. You should watch it eventually, at least before you die. Or if it is currently in theaters, you should always watch it in the theater because that's the best place to watch a film. So that's kind of our official stamp of approval, you know, eventually or higher. And then right below that is the last resort where there's plenty of films in that tier that we like, even we might like them a great deal, but you know, we don't find it to be required viewing for everyone, you know? So kind of, I guess, wade through that, that pool on your own terms, on your own accord. What am I trying to say? Yeah. It's uh, it's movies that generally there's some kind of redeeming quality about them, but overall are usually not that great. Yeah um or you know there's there's things we like about them and things that we don't but like you said like there could be bad movies 
that we like a lot, but we'll rate it as a last resort because we recognize it's not a very good movie. And, yeah. uh, like most people wouldn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we give it the last resort rating just because we don't want to give it the terrible never rating. Watch this movie never. It is the bottom tier. Doesn't get any worse than that. Example I always give is Rocky Five. Don't need to watch it. Watch all the other Rockies. We can throw uh, Honk for Jesus in there. <laughs> yeah. on a, a, a recent example. <laughs> yeah, that is a recent example. I think I, uh, I didn't see it, but I know you did. And I saw it in an it. empty theater. I saw it in an empty theater. It was. I, I should have walked out. It was so bad. But. Uh, Never is almost as rare as uh, ASAP. Maybe even more rare than ASAP. Mm. You think? Yeah, I, I would say probably because so. it takes a lot to be a never. Yeah, there's movies I don't like at all, and I'll still give them a last resort. I'm like, well, somebody might like this. <laughs> I I watched the uh, the vaunted movie RRR mm-hmm. the other day. I'm not going to re- review it in full here. I hated that movie. It was terrible, but I would still give it a last resort because it's it's not so incompetent or so boring that like other people can't get something out of it. But sure. I didn't like any of it. And I just still don't understand why it's so popular. Like, what the fuck? It just popped up. It was in theaters like over the summer. It was in a theater here in, in the Twin Cities. And I saw it and I'm like... Oh, that theater shows like three Indian movies a week. Uh, what's so special about this one? I'm not going to go see it. And then months later, everybody's like, RRR, it's the best movie ever. I'm like, what? going to win the Oscar. I best don't foreign get it. language film. I don't get it. It's the front runner. It's very long. It's three hours long. As all Indian movies are, so I've heard. Did it end with a big musical number? Yes. I hear that they do. <laughs> like yes. everyone. Hey, uh, I might have dozed off a few times during <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to my first film. First film I'm going to talk about is from 1984 called Savage Streets. It's a 80s exploitation film directed by Danny Steinman and uh, Tom DeSimone is uncredited. It stars Linda Blair, John Vernon, Robert Dreyer, Johnny Veneker, Saul Landy, Sal Landy, Scott Mayer, Deborah Blee, Lisa Freeman, Linnea Quigley is in here, B movie screen queen. See anyone else of note? Not that I'm seeing right now. Synopsis. A teenage vigilante seeks revenge on a group of violent thugs who raped her handicapped sister and killed her best friend. Spoilers. Holy shit. Like, how handicapped are we talking? So she is uh, deaf. She can, you know, do sign language and whatnot, but can't really call out for help. She's also very, I mean, she's like probably 16, 17. You know, they're all in high school, apparently, but so this is Linda Blair's younger sister who's deaf. Mm. And so she's probably sophomore junior. And she's very skinny, 
you know, just a, just a small person. Yeah. A small young girl. And uh, yeah, they, well, they're, they're, they're seeking their own revenge after Linda Blair and her friends. They're, they kind of make up like their own like female gang. They play a prank on them by uh, stealing their car, take it for a little joyride around the block, basically, like in front of them. Because they're, they're douchebags. They're, they like to go out and have a bit of the old ultra violence, you know? So it's like a chicken and the egg situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they steal their car kind of as a joke. They didn't steal it to like go sell it and make money. They just did it to, well, because they were, I think they were initially rude to them or, you know, they were, they're assholes. And so like, oh, we'll get one over on them. We'll steal their car. It just keeps take, escalating. Yeah, take it for a joyride. And then that turned into, well, we're going to rape your sister in school. Because <laughs> one of the guys goes to school. John Vernon is the principal. And he has a confrontation with these thugs. And he calls them all the F word. <laughs> it is <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> They don't make them like they used to. <laughs> they really don't. Because <laughs> it was just like so jarring too. Even in an exploitation movie, it was just it's like it's the principal saying it to well, one of them's a student, but the other guys are just thugs that are kind of preying on them. They really want them to, they're kind of forcing them to do things and you know, they want them to join their gang. Uh so they kind of make him get in on the on the rape as well. It's a little bit like uh, spit on your grave, except the the kid isn't you know mentally challenged, right? But um, yeah, it's it's not high in my list of tasteful rape scenes. It's not not good. <laughs> that was a real trope back in the day the uh, the rape revenge movie. Yeah, it seems yeah. like there's a lot of those. Yeah, because what what is the one I watched? Um, Late last year, it was uh, was like deranged or something like that. The brave one. (laughs) We talked about the brave one, didn't we? (laughs) The brave one. (laughs) Yeah, I I saw that. I wish I hadn't. And the accused. Those are later, but um, yeah. I can't remember what that movie was called. See if I can find it here. Yeah, that that scene's a little rough to get through, but it is. The movie gets pretty rewarding after that. It's pretty entertaining. So yeah, then they're. No holds barred, you know? They're out for blood. Especially yeah. Linda Blair. And she does her best revenge plotting naked in a bathtub. That's where she does it. <laughs> she looks great on Blu-ray, let me tell you. Uh, very entertaining exploitation film. I would uh, definitely recommend it. Uh, like I said, there's that, that scene. It's a little hard to get through. But it's also an exploitation movie. So some of that stuff's also like, it's almost kind of expected. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, yeah, I will give this an eventually. Eventually. The uh, the movie I was thinking of is Demented, mm. which starts off with a gang rape in the first, like, two minutes. It's like the first thing they show is <laughs> a woman getting raped by four guys. Would you rather watch the first two minutes of that movie or the first two minutes of The Whale? Uh, Demented. <laughs> Yeah, the whale was an uh, unexpected uh, cold open, if you will. Should call that a warm open. That's ah, uh, yeah. uh, that's ah, uh, mm. uh, uh, that's ah, uh, ah. Uh.
Did you see Babylon yet? No, not yet. Have you have you read the spoilers? Don't read the spoilers. No. You'll be surprised. No. I know there's a lot of sex and drugs and looking forward to that. It seems really, I don't know. You can read my review on Letterboxd of, <laughs> of Babylon. <laughs> All right. What else you got? All right. I have a movie. Technically a 2022 movie, but uh, just came out in theaters recently in 2023. A man called Otto. O-T-T-O. Otto's my lotto. <laughs> it's the same forwards and backwards. <laughs> uh, directed by Mark Foster, or sorry, Mark Forster. Stars Tom Hanks. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. Mariana Trevino. Rachel Keller. John Higgins. Mac Beta. Cameron Britton. Juanita Jennings, Peter Lawson Jones, Max Pavel, Kaylee Hyman. Where's the rest of the cast here? I think these are in order of appearance. Uh, Manuel Garcia Rolfo, uh, Christiana Montoya, Alessandra Perez, also Truman Hanks. Who is uh, not Chet Hanks? He's one of the other Hanks uh, brothers. Synopsis: This is a little spoil- spoilery, but uh, the MPA also spoils it. So if you look at the ratings, it tells you a bit of a spoiler in there. Otto is a grump who's given up on life following the loss of his wife and wants to end it all. When a young family moves in nearby, he meets his match in quick-witted Marisol, leading to a friendship that will turn his world around. Tell you what, this movie hit me right in the feels. Mm. Right in the feel. It's it's actually really funny, which is kind of surprising, like how funny it was. Um, Tom Hanks is uh, kind of doing his best. Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. Sure but like a PG 13 version of it. Um, he's just like the grumpy old man who like wants everything to be done, like by the book and everybody follow the rules and, you know, things like that. And this family moves in across the way and kind of gets involved in his life. And, uh, you know, he, he has a soft spot for the wife having to deal with her nitwit husband, which he, <laughs> he always calls him a nitwit husband which is kind of funny to me, but, uh, and then there, there are two daughters also. And, uh, but yeah, there's, uh, there's several scenes of him trying to commit suicide and failing, uh, usually because the neighbor comes knocking on the door or he sees them doing something and he can't help but stand by and, uh, let them, you know, fuck up whatever they're working on. Like he's gotta like go fix it for him. Right. But yeah. So like, it's intertwined with like the modern, like the the current day, along with flashbacks of him and his wife, and like how they met and uh, their first date and getting engaged and things like that. So you get a, a real sense of, you know, how important his wife was to him and uh, why it's so hard on him that she's not there anymore. And 
you know, he, you can't help but fall in love with this guy. You know, he's, he seems like a real jerk, but like, he's got a heart of gold. Yeah. I, I loved it. I thought it was one of the, one of the better movies that I've seen uh, in a while um, as far as new movies. And uh, I will give a man called Otto a WTM soonish. Soonish. All right. Next film I'm going to talk about, I, I guess I brought up in our student bodies episode. So I got to follow through on that. <laughs> got to get some dick talk out of the way. Time for some dick talk. Never thought I'd say this. Fuck that. Let me see your penis, dog. I'm going to need y'all to quit playing with me and pull out your big guns because this is show me your dick time, fellas. Are you going to show me your hard wooden dick like you said you would? Just in case we get killed, I wanted to tell you. You have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Thanks. I don't know what to say. You teased it. Now it's time to it's time to show what you got. <laughs> Quit teasing us and just stick it in. <laughs> Whip it out. Um, so American Gigolo came on 1980, directed and written by Paul Schrader, starring Richard Gere, Lauren Hutton. Hector Elizondo, Nina Van Palant, Bill Duke, your boy. Yes. Brian Davies. That's about it. Synopsis. A Los Angeles male escort who mostly caters to an older female clientele is accused of a murder which he did not commit. Yeah, so I had heard of this movie. Been kind of wanting to watch it for a while. There's actually a new series on Showtime starring John Barenthal which is, I guess, just a continuation of the story. And uh movie's also famous for having uh, Call Me by Blondie. It's kind of the film's anthem. The song became a huge smash hit after this movie. And uh, also famous for Richard Gere showing his package. <laughs> I don't remember hearing about that. I remember uh, this being topic of uh, discussion on several VH1 uh, retrospective shows back in the early 2000s. Mm. What did they have to say about it? I also don't remember. I don't remember Blondie being uh, associated with it either. Mm. So, I mean, this is news to me. Of course, I've never seen it. So, Um, I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't paying close attention to when they were talking about it. But yeah, they play that song three, four times in there. They really they get their money's worth uh, from that Blondie song. I could be confusing it with an officer and a gentleman. Mm. Well, it is Richard Gere. Yes, I, I haven't seen a lot of Richard Gere movies. It's just something about him is off putting. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Stallone turned you off of him before you knew it was fake. You really thought he shoved Lemmy Winks up there? <laughs> I think even before I knew that story, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, there's something about him that doesn't appeal to me. Pretty Woman? <laughs> I never saw Pretty Woman. You've still never seen it? I was never a big uh, Julia Roberts fan either. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Plus, it's like... <laughs> Like those two in a rom com. Like, should I watch this? No, I'm not gonna watch it. 
But you like Jason Alexander, though, do you not? I could, you know, he's fine. I like him <laughs> in Seinfeld. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of him in other You like him in The Burning, I'm burning. sure. Yes. <laughs> we'll have to check the tapes because uh, we did an episode <laughs> on it, so I'm sure it's on, it's on record. Yeah. So with American Gigolo, yes, he is the titular Gigolo. And he is accused of a, a murder. Uh, a woman that he pays a visit to. He's paid by her husband. He likes to watch. And they like the rough stuff. But then later she pops up dead. So obviously he's a prime <laughs> suspect. I, I really like the style of this film. And, you know, Schrader can be hit or miss for me sometimes. When he hits, you know, he's he's behind some of the best films of all time. Actually, one of his more recent ones, The Card Counter, I caught some pretty similar vibes there's a quite a few similarities between gigolo and card counter when i saw the card counter i i did dislike it but i felt like i was disappointed like i thought the you know the story was engaging i thought the performances were great but it just didn't all come together for me and i was just kind of like meh yeah but i'd like to revisit it again after seeing american gigolo specifically the ending of both hmm. uh, i'll leave it at that but um richard gear is great in here <laughs> there's just a one random scene where he's just standing uh, by the window posing uh completely naked just looking out the window just standing there <laughs> for the little richard gear just hanging out for all to see <laughs> <laughs> oh boy you said little Richard Gear. Well, you know, he doesn't <laughs> have a massive, massive donger on him, but you know, his he doesn't he, have the he, benefit of prosthetics like your boy Marky Mark. Correct. And you know, he's it's it's like a medium, to, it's at least a medium shot, if not a little farther away. Like he's across like the camera's in the doorway and he's across the room on the other side of the bed by the window. Hmm. So you can't you can't inspect it that well. <laughs> you didn't pause and zoom in. Do they still have the zoom in feature on? Uh, I think they do. I watched this on, uh, it might've been Prime. or No, I think it was actually, it was HBO Max, I think. But um, yeah, I'm sure there's a feature where you can zoom in. At least with your with your TV settings, your screen settings. Do that zoom. <laughs> or put it on the PS4 and zoom. But yeah, it was actually kind of funny because I, right around uh, this time, I also rewatched Eastern Promises, and I hadn't I haven't seen that since it came out. And damn near the only thing I remembered was that bathhouse fight. Yeah, and I remembered Viggo Mortensen being much bigger in my head. <laughs> you should watch. Um... Who's that one where he's in the RV with the kids? Mr. Wonderful? Yeah, uh, Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. Ca Captain Fantastic? Oh, I can't remember. I something it's like Fantastic. that. It's something like that. There's just a scene where he's standing in the doorway of the the RV, just like in the all together, just uh, hands on his hip, drinking his coffee, watching his kids, and you get a real good look at it. <laughs> yeah he uh those 
types of scenes have just escalated ever since forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's like Jason Siegel did it, and they're like, okay, this is hilarious. We're going to do it in everything now. You think um, uh, Willem Dafoe is going to show Dong in his new movie? So how many times has he shown his? God, you lose count, don't you? Oh, so <laughs> many. <laughs> so many. I'm just, I've seen some of his movies recently where he hasn't done it. And I'm like, is this a Willem Dafoe performance? <laughs> what is going on here? Like, why the fuck am I even watching this? But he's got a new movie where he's like breaking into a penthouse to steal artwork. And uh, the security system locks him in. So he's just mm. like trapped in there. And like the, the owner is like gone for months. <laughs> and he's just trapped in the penthouse. So I assume we're going to see some Willem Dafoe dong in that one. <laughs> uh, the Vigo Martinson one was Captain Fantastic, by the way. Yep. All right. Well, I think our listeners have had enough of the dick talk. Their thirsts have been quenched, <laughs> disgusted enough. We've discussed it at length, if you will. Hi, oh. So back to American Gigolo at large. Uh, I like, that, you know, that's also a, a pun. <laughs> <laughs> see i'm not even smart enough to know when i'm making my own puns <laughs> so yeah uh, i really like the style really enjoyed the story especially the third act like i was kind of kind of wavering back and forth like so this is like pretty good so far wonder where it's going to go from here and the third act i thought was really strong great third act there's a couple of unexpected things that happened so uh, i will say uh, this film, you should watch this movie eventually. Eventually. Close to a soonish. Maybe a, upon rewatch, I would give it a soonish, but it isn't a landmark of cinema. It's not like it's Taxi Driver or something, but another Paul Schrader film. Well, he wrote it. Of course, well, he's directed, but. Well, it was very popular for a while. You don't hear much about it now, but although you, you did say they, they did create a new yeah tv series based on it and you know i was kind of looking at some of the reviews and fanfare it had gigolo i don't think it was a bomb but it got middling reviews which happens to a lot of shader films i i find that it's either hit or miss for some people like myself but reviewers too and a lot of his films are some of them are just so different and they're out like out there like you check out the film dog eat dog with willem dafoe and nicholas cage and they're this a bunch of crazy criminals. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I I didn't really become familiar with him till recently, but I'm sure I've seen or at least heard of many of his movies. Like, there's a bunch of like I don't know. I just since I got on Twitter, people kept keep like posting his Facebook posts because apparently, he's, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's pretty famous funny. for that. Yeah, but then like like oh shit, this guy. I didn't realize how many movies that like i know maybe not have seen but i've heard you know a right. lot about that he's yeah. responsible for and he used to write a lot more than he directed and now he kind of does a lot of both yeah so yeah i would definitely give it a look see all right so this is my last movie from 2023 house party hmm you familiar with House Party? Have you seen any of the uh, the older versions of this? I have not seen the, the originals. I've wanted to for a while, but 
still haven't been able to watch those kid and play masterpieces. Yeah, I've never seen them either. Um, and I don't think you need to in order to watch this movie and have a good time, but we'll uh, we'll talk about it. It's directed by Cal Matic, world famed director Cal Matic, and it stars Tosin Cole, DC Young Fly, Shakira Janae Pei, Ellen Maldonado. Um, Irie Soul, Chinadu Unaka, Jamar Malkai Neighbors, Zeus Lai, um, Nakia Burris, Renata Walsh, LeBron James. I don't want to name too many of these because there's a lot of like surprise cameos. Um, admittedly, I didn't recognize a lot of the cameos. I recognize that they were cameos for the most part. Yeah. Um, there were some that I did recognize, which were pretty fun. Uh, and I don't want to spoil any of those because, uh, they're really, like I said, fun. Uh, so there's a couple of different synopses here. Uh, the first one is from New Line Cinema comes your VIP ticket into the hottest event of the year, House Party, the remix to the fan favorite 90s classic. Or there's the one from Warner Brothers. When a pair of down on their luck house cleaners discover they're assigned to clean the mansion of LeBron James while he's overseas, they decide to make a life changing decision to throw a giant party in a quest for immortality and some cash. As the party gets out of control and one of LeBron's championship rings goes missing, they will be launched into a wild night that they will never forget. Yeah, this movie was hilarious. I I laughed through the whole thing. I was just like, it's been a long time since I've seen a comedy that made me laugh like this. Um, it felt like it took, it's only an hour and 40 minutes. It, it felt like it took a while to get to the party because like there's a, there's a pretty long stretch of them like setting up like why they need the money, why they need to throw the party, setting up for the party, uh, planning it and all that stuff. And then the party itself is pretty fucking wild. Like I said, there's a lot of surprises and a lot of cameos uh, that I really enjoyed. Even if I didn't recognize the celebrities, I thought they were funny. A lot of athletes, uh, people from the music industry, things like that, uh, appear in it. There's uh, three characters who are kind of the uh, antagonists of the picture. Who are so? So the two main characters, Damon and uh, and Kyle. I think it's Kyle. Yeah. They are uh, party promoters who need cash, and uh, their day job is cleaning houses for a cleaning service. And um, there's three other promoters who are sick of their antics, and they're out to get them. And um, they're specifically looking for Damon, who's uh, fancies himself a internet influencer mm. and uh he always uses the hashtag it's regular 
which is I don't know. I, I, I think that's hilarious. I want to start using that in real life, but I feel like nobody would get it because nobody has seen this movie yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but yeah, so like they want to beat up the man and they they corner his friend and they like start saying what they're gonna do to him when they catch him. And um the one dude goes way over the top with his threats, like you know that one track on the Wu-Tang's first album where Method Man is talking about all the torture he's going to do on people? Maybe if I heard it. I think Dave Chappelle did a... On, on the... You know the Chappelle Show sketch. It's from the third season. It might even be a deleted scene where the guy is in the hospital and he's describing all the things that Method Man did to him to put him in the hospital. Like, mm. uh, sewed his butthole shut and then fed him. <laughs> or uh, he, uh, like, put his nuts on the, the dresser and hit him with a hammer. Like, it's mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And this guy just keeps going over the top and he, he crosses the line multiple times. Uh, those guys are hilarious, although they're not in the movie enough. I wish there was more of them. I will say LeBron James. This is probably my favorite LeBron James performance because like he's not trying to be a nice guy. Like he he embraces his inner asshole, which seems much more natural. I think it's more true to him versus the facade he puts on in all of his other movies and uh, you know, appearances and things like that. Um, there's a lot of great music. Yeah, and there's there's a scene towards the end that put it over the top for me. Um, it was just I couldn't believe they did it. It was it was fucking hilarious. Um, so I would say like this is probably the best comedy I've seen. Like straight up comedy, not like comedy action or whatever else. It's like the best straight up comedy I've seen in a long time, and uh, I enjoyed it enough to give it a soonish. Soonish. Okay. Well, you challenged me to watch the movie Down. I did. Which was its original title. It's listed on IMDb now as The Shaft. Which so, I don't know why, because like I've never seen it listed as The Shaft anywhere else. Yeah. On Prime, it's listed as Down. And I, I think it's it's a remake of a movie called like like Der Shaft or something like that, or D Shaft. Mm. Oh, the lift. The lift is the original. I think. Okay. But it's the the same guy that did the original did the remake. Okay. Is directed and written by Dick Moss, starring James Marshall of Twin Peaks fame. He bears a passing resemblance to Kirk Cousins, don't you think? He does. That's, that's what the <laughs> wife said. She goes, "He looks like Kirk Cousins, but not quite as good looking." I watched it after the Vikings playoff loss and I thought, oh man, I don't want to watch Kirk Cousins <laughs> for another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because in Twin Peaks, like Twin Peaks is my favorite show. And you know, every everyone's all the characters on that show, they have a special place in my heart, but everyone does more so than his character. <laughs> Because um, 
He plays James Hurley on the show. And he is just so emo. He was emo before emo. Because this is like 89, 90 to 91. Yeah. And he was just like, I don't know. He's he's not the greatest actor or anything like that. You can see from the rest of his roles, he didn't have a prolific career. But he played his role well on Twin Peaks. I'll give him that. And some other films. And I'll say he plays his role really well here. Um, I thought this was some of the best acting he's ever done. Yeah, Maybe I, that's because I'm comparing it to everyone else in the film. I read one review that said that his uh, character in this was like the polar opposite of his Twin Peaks character. Yeah. Naomi Watts is in here, just slumming it up. I think this is the same year as Mulholland Drive, so it was kind of a stark contrast there. Well, I, I will say, I I believe this was supposed to come out around September 11th, 2001. Mm-hmm. And it got canned uh, because there's several shots of well, I, I think for obvious reasons, but there's several several <laughs> shots of the World Trade Center, and also uh, you'll read the synopsis shortly that uh, it does involve uh, what is uh, at least at some point considered a terrorist attack on a tower in New York, yeah, uh, skyscraper. So I, I don't know if this actually got a theatrical re- release in the States. I think it got released internationally. And then mm-hmm. the States, they kind of buried it for a couple of years. And then it got like a, a home video release uh, eventually. That's not what I'm rating this movie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, Eric Ty, uh, Michael Ironside. It was good to see him again. Because I don't after, let's say, I'd say post- total recall i don't remember him in in much in the 90s yeah he was uh he was really prevalent in the 80s yeah so look at it right now for his 90s work um so he's in he's in some bigger ones but like i mean he did a lot of genre stuff a lot of horror he said free willy maybe that's a state too and i haven't seen free willy in forever i've never fatherhood Never seen Free Willy. Mm. The next Karate Kid. I mean, he's in a lot of movies, but I'm just kind of going over some of the bigger ones. Did you hear the, uh, did you listen to the movie drone episode where Mark did a What's That film and it was Free Willy and uh, Steve didn't get it. So he was trying to give a, uh, a clue after the fact, which luckily was not on video. It was only on audio and it involved his zipper and so steve thought it was flipper (laughs) (laughs) but in fact he was demonstrating free willy so should we get him on for dick talk or (laughs) uh i don't know (laughs) we don't do video but maybe we could switch (laughs) jeez all right um yeah I started to get into more of the TV movies in the mid to late 90s. But yeah, he did yeah, a dude lot. Dude doesn't stop working. He does a lot of stuff, but he doesn't do a lot of like using the next karate kid. Yeah, I already said that. Did you? Mm-hmm. I was too caught up about Free Willy. <laughs> you were just visualizing it in your head and <laughs> you got all flustered. But he was the quintessential villain for most of the 80s. Sure. 
Edward Herman is in here. Dan Hedaya, Ron Perlman, Catherine uh, Measle. I think that'll do it for cast. Synopsis. When the elevators in New York's 102-story Millennium Building start to malfunction, mechanic Mark Newman is sent to find the cause. After a series of gruesome and deadly accidents occur, Mark joins forces with spunky reporter Jennifer. So this is just a complete fake skyscraper in New York. <laughs> it doesn't even can... look that big compared to like the World Trade Center. Yeah, it goes through all those and then like the cameras is a big it's a big establishing shot in the beginning. It's kind of sweeping through the New York, the Manhattan skyline and whatnot. But yeah, it's a lot of early aughts CGI in here. And I was like, yeah, the, I've never heard of the Millennium Building. I'm guessing they just they couldn't get the rights to the Empire State Building for obvious reasons. It looks like the Empire State Building, though. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because they, they don't want to be associated with uh, elevators that aren't working and whatnot. And it's 73 elevators and, in there. Yeah. Terror attacks and all that. <laughs> I was like 73 elevators that can't be right seems like a lot doesn't it yeah and there's basically like three that uh <laughs> shuttle all the tourists up up and down so like, i think they would have more because the the head of the building basically who's handles the leases and you know he's worried about the building making money like he's it's he makes it seem like the tourists are the biggest source yeah. of revenue for the building we need to get these elevators working it's like it's just three <laughs> I thought this place had 70 some odd elevators. Yeah. It's like, why is everybody going to those three elevators? Like, <laughs> and they go, they're express elevators, but they go from the 20th floor to the 103rd floor and then like down to the first. Mm-hmm. So like it skips the first 19, but like, that's not much of an express elevator. If there's 80 floors <laughs> that they potentially <laughs> could stop at. <laughs> Imagine going out to the top floor and somebody hits all the buttons on their way out. Right. It's like a Christmas tree. (laughs) There was definitely parts of this movie that were pretty entertaining. Uh, I think the, the frying egg transition was a stroke of genius, but then it was all downhill from there. I think with (laughs) moments of inspiration that I found the dialogues, you know, pretty terrible. Oh, it's the worst. That's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> How about the acting? Like, yeah, the acting's even worse than that. And I was like, Naomi Watts. Ugh. I, was like, I really like Naomi Watts. She's a great actress. And in here, she's just got awful. I think it's obvious that this director is not American and that he also probably rejected the idea of bringing in a dialogue coach. Yeah, he probably wrote the dialogue is like i know english well enough and it's like well i don't think you know how americans talk <laughs> but yeah it's it, it'd be one thing if because there's definitely a lot of camp in this movie but if it kind of embraced the camp i think it would have been a lot better if it embraced the humor more because there's still so many moments like especially after like in the second and third acts i'm like they're just it's it's uh prime for some comedy here that's just <laughs> doing like more kind of serious stuff i was like that doesn't really work because <laughs> it's not good when it's serious <laughs> what about, i don't want to spoil it too much yet but uh i noticed uh i i would watch this i don't know maybe five or six years ago 
and I didn't remember a lot of it, but mm-hmm. with the, the rollerblading scene and then the aftermath where they're studying it on the, the videotape. Yeah. And it's so serious. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like the scene itself of the rollerbladers is just like so stupid and, and funny. And like, it's, it's just so ridiculous. And then like, they're studying the videotape, like they're going over, like it's the most serious thing that's ever happened. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Like, this is a joke. Like, what the fuck? Uh, I enjoyed how it, uh, the credits uh, started rolling with that Aerosmith song. Oh, you yeah, know, they, they had to, they needed that song in there. They played that a couple times. Like, that's so on the nose. That's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you think Zack Snyder had picked this song out mm-hmm. for it. Going to be leaving the theater feeling good and amped <laughs> with that song playing. Like, Loving an elevator. It's just like, uh, oh, they played Love in an Elevator in the movie about elevators. It's just like... Because they were kissing in an elevator at the end. Spoilers. Zack Snyder played the song Zombie in his zombie movie. Yeah, yeah, because it fucking fits. (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't think uh, Zack Snyder's zombie movie was about an IRA attack that went awry that ended up killing two children. Well... Kids died. Kids died. Uh... <laughs> uh, so I'll rate this thing before we get into spoilers. Uh, I'll give it a last resort. It's a last resort. Didn't hate it all, but I wouldn't recommend that. You, you don't need to see it. There's plenty of other bad movies yeah. that are more entertaining. But I was borderline, but I, I bumped it to it eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I if I rated it on the show before the last time I watched it, but yeah. I couldn't remember. Like I remembered it was one of the worst movies I've seen, but <laughs> I I there I thought there was a reason why I wanted to watch it again, and uh it's because it's so entertaining. Like it's now you it's need to bad and find a, a Blu-ray. Yes, I, I would like to get it on Blu-ray. All right, well, now I have to challenge you to watch something. So, I am forcing you back into the James Bond well. You're going back. We're going to start trying to finish up Roger Moore. So, you are going to watch uh, from 1981, For Your Eyes Only, follow up to Moonraker. We left off at Moonraker. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. I think I watched all the... uh... When did the Daniel Craig one come out? Is that... 2021 and all already or was that uh, last year I it's 20 it's 22 wait no it was 21 yeah i don't remember because i squeezed all those we has it been it over her. a year since i, I watched the games it was Bond in our movie? top 10 list for last year not yours but i think it was like it was uh it was on hunters it was like his number 10 or something or... well hunter only watched eight yeah movies. he only watched like 10, 10 12 <laughs> movies from 2021 20, uh, so he prefaced it with that, but he thought it was all right. If we have a guest on for that this year, we should make sure they've watched more than 10 movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, for your eyes only. Since Moonraker was so out of control, even though you really, you liked Moonraker and Spy Love Me, you liked the Jaws and uh, Bond relationship. I think Moonraker, I liked some parts, but not others. 
Because I thought you liked correctly. Moonraker more than Spy Love Me. I I don't recall. Anywho, so yeah, Moonraker got a little too out of control. When they do that in the Bond franchise, they try to rein the next one in. So this is a more grounded James Bond film. It's a little more serious. More gritty. Is it gritty? Is it dark? Uh, they didn't do dark and gritty in the it, but it's, it's more serious. Which you know the 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 Roger Moore bonds definitely benefit from the from the humor, yes. So there's a little less of that. There's still comedy, but a little less. So I'm thinking maybe you won't like this one as much. But I don't know. It's a pretty decent Bond movie. It's not bad. It's pretty good. But you don't seem to like the good ones. You just like the <laughs> you like the ones with that are campy and have humor. What do you mean I don't like the good ones? It, the you ones did like I Goldfinger. Like, you like the, Goldfinger a lot. But. The ones I like are the good ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how it works. Well, you did like From Russia with Love, which a lot of people considered maybe be the best. You're like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I didn't if I didn't care for it, then it's not a good one. <laughs> there we go. So I guess I guess we'll see. Why don't you tell the folks at home where they can get some lovely WTM merch? You can head on over to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com. All right. Well, you can reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at positivelywolf1. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. Please spread the word, you friggin' turds. So now we're going to talk about Don, talk about Down with Spoilers. Got old Pat McAfee in there. Talk about Don. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I, I mean, I've seen clips of a show, but I don't really watch it all. Yeah. Uh, anything that's uh, ONW, he pronounces as AHN or OWN. He pronounces A H N. So like, oh, okay. Touched on. Touched on. Okay. So this would, movie would be Don. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he does that. It's it's a mm. shtick. I don't he hasn't been on WWE in a while. Uh well is like he a, like uh is he from Boston or something? I don't is know. He doing where like he's a Boston from originally. Uh he still lives in Indianapolis, I think. But I don't know where where he's from originally he doesn't have much of an accent uh like he does it intentionally though like it's yeah a, it's a, yeah it's a gimmick but uh i follow him on twitter and once in a while i'll see him tweet tweet that out like like first time <laughs> okay <laughs> whatever um so yeah i really i that was hilarious when there's all these pregnant women in the elevator and it's getting really hot. And two of the women, a couple of the women start going into labor and like the elevator door is finally open. You can hear babies crying and it cuts to eggs frying at a, at a cab at a diner somewhere before it cuts, you can hear like sizzling. Yeah. And then you it, the, it cuts visually. You're like, oh, that's where the sizzling come from. <laughs> the eggs that are cooking. Isn't that funny? 
<laughs> How about the uh so they're watching it in the security room and the one guy keeps going, My wife's on that elevator. She that's the <laughs> elevator she takes. <laughs> yeah. He says like four times. Like she, that's the elevator she takes after yoga. <laughs> uh well, it starts off with those uh those two guys. Uh, it, it has to be an homage to Body Double, doesn't it? Watching the guy with the with the hookers. <laughs> yeah, he had a big. Uh, I forget what you call those telescope things. They got to pay a quarter. Yeah, those like tourist. Uh, they're like binoculars or whatever. Where yeah, you can put a quarter in and it'll open up and let you see. But yeah, it was. It seemed to. Uh, have her on a schedule because she was a known prostitute that apparently would operate in that room specifically often. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. They're like, because uh, the guys in the, the the security room watching the camera saying, well, we can't see you because uh, he put his hat over the camera. And he's like, oh, somebody put a bag over the camera or whatever. And he mm-hmm. takes it off and he waves and the, the guy's like, must be Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Those uh, security people the, that were watching the hooker, they, they were security, right? Like building security. So. I think so. Because they, they were just like like bellhops. But they, this isn't a hotel. I was like, what is this building? It's not. Because <laughs> like they're in that one room drinking the booze. But I think that was that room is for a meeting the next day. Like yeah, the board seems- of directors was going to meet in there. Because at first I was like, is this like a hotel room? And then it's like, no, I guess not. It's a room, it's like a, a boardroom, like hospitality yeah. room. So well, that was weird too, because they're like, the board of directors is meeting tomorrow. Like, board of directors for what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must have been that one guy. Uh, I forgot where I recognized him from, the guy that kind of ran the building. He was, um, was he? He was Richie Rich's dad, wasn't he? He's been in a lot of stuff. I think he was, um, I remember I remember him from something else. I didn't watch Richie Rich a lot when I was a kid, like once or twice, maybe. I want to say he was in um God, what's that sitcom with the fucking women? <laughs> <laughs> Gilmore Girls. The sitcom with the fucking women. <laughs> it is in 154 episodes of Gilmore Girls. Um never watched it. Which I never watched, but I am somehow aware of. Let's see what else was he in. Intolerable Cruelty. Never saw. He's in six episodes of Oz. It's okay. It's not that important. I could look it up too. He was in Here Comes the Monsters. Played Herman. He was in fact Richie Rich's dad, Richard Rich. (laughs) (laughs) He's just been in a lot of stuff. Oh, he was in The Lost Boys. Probably recognize him from Overboard. He was in the 1982 version of Annie. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that does a lot of movies and TV. And yeah, I've probably just seen him in a few different things. He's got a recognizable face. What else do you want to talk about with Down? I enjoyed the heart at the end. The living, apparently breathing computer machine heart. Yeah, I forgot that they, uh, they used like human cells to make a living elevator. 
because it was like a whole computer system right that was like the computer was supposed to be like a living organism it had like human dna in it so it was like part living entity and part computer but it was all evil and it was like michael ironside was the german scientist who invented it Mm -hmm. and so he was he was trying to keep them from from ruining it even though it kept killing people yeah so Um, i can control it except he can't although like some of it was like like it was so like unbelievable like the we mentioned the the rollerbladers like the guy so like basically it seemed like the elevator could control the cars in the parking ramp (laughs) yeah which could cause the the rollerblader to get knocked down and then it sucked him into the shaft up 80 something floors and Mm. then out through a fence and a and a pane of glass and then uh down to the pavement below and this was i was talking about they were watching the video it took them like 1.2 seconds to get up to the look at the time stamp (laughs) look at the time stamp took them longer to fall than it did to get up there Mm -hmm. and everybody's like oh he just he just jumped out of the window He, he committed suicide he just jumped like what? What did you guys see? Like the this clearly was not normal. It was not natural. When that elevator full of people, you know, the where they all perished towards the end. I thought it was funny, but it just cuts straight away to the White House. I was like, the president's gonna talk about this? Why? <laughs> and it's like that it was like, you know, you label it a terror attack. I was like, What? <laughs> well, that was the other scene where like the, the bottom just drops out of the elevator like how yeah. does that work mm-hmm. like the elevator can just like manipulate itself like that like is yeah. it not still just made of like metal <laughs> a lot of inconsistencies in this film <laughs> like it's a real dumb premise oh i'll grant that like you gotta go in knowing this is a stupid premise and also the dialogue is just awful and the acting, everybody talks like a cartoon character. Right. Like nobody, nobody's fucking serious. But, uh, but yeah, like there's so many uh, just wild elevator kills, like people getting uh, chopped in half. Somebody gets decapitated. Um, how about that blind guy? The woman gave him green hair. Yeah, and then the elevator takes him up to. Uh, an abandoned there's always a floor under construction it's always mm-hmm. abandoned every movie in a skyscraper has one of these and uh they killed him and the dog poor that, that dog didn't deserve it yeah i thought well i didn't think that little girl was gonna get it but there was another time where i thought a little kid was maybe gonna die yeah so i guess i appreciated that they went there <laughs> Because then Eddie, anybody could die, you know? Yeah. Once he killed the dog, you know, next step is a kid. But um, yeah, when you assigned this to me, I immediately thought of the 1993 TV film, The Tower, starring Paul Reiser. I saw this when it was on TV. I can't remember. It was on ABC or Fox or something. Mm. But uh, synopsis for that film. A man working at an ultra-modern corporate building finds himself and a colleague trapped inside 
with the homicidal security system hell-bent on killing them both after perceiving them as a threat. Because there's a scene in there where uh, Richard Gant uh, is in there. You would know Richard Gant from, uh, well, from Norbit. He's a preacher in Norbit. Oh, yeah. He's also in Jason Goes to Hell and uh, Bean and Big Lebowski, Seinfeld. But uh, I believe it's him, his character, that gets killed by an elevator uh, closing. The doors close right on him and squish him. Mm-hmm. And that's like the only thing I remember from the movie is like the the security system killing that guy with a with the elevator doors. <laughs> now I'm seeing the lift was from 1983, so mm. that would have been before that. I have it up on IMDb, and the uh, the trailer is playing, and it's showing all the same scenes that they did in the the 2001. <laughs> like all, oh, really? it's showing all the kills. Yeah. From the elevator including like the uh the michael ironside uh kill where the, the elevator reached out with its cables and wrapped them around and yanked him by the neck yeah yeah did you ever see um what is it the devil or whatever the m night Shyamalan? no i didn't i think it's just called devil not the devil just devil which he wrote he didn't direct that was after a string of bombs where they're like, I don't think he can do movies anymore. And they're like, well, well, let's let him write it. It was story by M. Night. Somebody else did the screenplay. Oh, really? Yeah. I remember that one being decent. Although you can kind of, obviously, with a lot of his movies, you can kind of tell where it's going, if I remember correctly. But um, that was another one where... It's uh, a bunch of people stuck in an elevator, and one of them's the devil. Mm. So it's similar but different. But I remember that one being decent. But yeah, I don't know. Like the Shaft, clearly a terrible movie, objectively terrible. But I thought the uh, the violence uh, was entertaining enough. Like the uh, the different stuff they did with the elevator was pretty creative. I like the shot at the end um, of the bazooka, like how they kind of choreograph that. Uh, Michael Ironside's already dead. You know, he's hanging uh, by the cables. And then the cables come on. They kind of grab James Marshall by the legs. And Mm -hmm. then Watts kicks him the bazooka or the the stinger. Yeah, He's upside down and he blasts it. (laughs) He shoots it from two feet away. Yeah. With a rocket launcher. It kind of blows him into the... (laughs) into the hallway unscathed Mm -hmm. it's quite a way to end the movie yeah anything else Uh, i think we we covered most of it yeah like i said this this is a movie i watched a few years ago i remember it like this is maybe one of the worst movies i've seen but i I kept thinking man i want to watch that again and uh, i'm glad i did (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you're into that kind of stuff then this is definitely up your alley well we will see you next time so we will check you later guess we'll see you around all right check you later bye wait man why are you always such a dork man what are you talking about check you later check you later (laughs) hey man you're off my case